All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Happy, happy Sunday. Brett, I forgot to ask him. Everybody here okay out there, by the way? Jason's running the sound for us. Do it, you good? It's good? All right. Um, Brett is out. Uh, I forgot to ask him where he's out to, so we'll have to ask him next week. Uh, but he is out, and he asked me to, to step in for uh, part two of this three-part series on every tribe and every tongue. Um, and so my, my name's Chris Washington. For those of you that I don't know, I have a 10th grader and an 8th grader, 10th grade boy, 8th grade girl, uh, that are in the youth ministry. And my wife, Amy, and I have been in the youth ministry. Uh, we do juniors, and then we stay with them to seniors. So like a two-year rotation, this is our third group of seniors we're with right now. Uh, and we've really felt called to that age group because of the amount of uh, I don't know, you call it transformation, change that happens, right? That senior year to whatever is after senior year, college or, or going into the workforce, there's just a lot that happens. And, and so we've just really loved being plugged in there to try and be another person walking through that. And, and we do so with really three goals. And the, and the parents that were here last Sunday for our, se our senior parent breakfast, be a little repeat, I apologize. But the first goal we have for everybody is that they hear the gospel and have the opportunity and ideally be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's number one. And then afterwards, specifically for these seniors, uh, we also try and equip them with tools, habits, that will help them be, take ownership of their walk with Christ. So that as they launch off and go and become adults in the world, they don't walk away or get lazy or distracted from their faith, but they continue to grow it when they're not in a place that's just so comfortable, such a habit. Uh, and things change. And then the third one is to really leave a legacy while they're here. And, and I share that one just to share that in case in the future we're still doing juniors and seniors and we have your kids, but also I'll refer back to it here shortly uh, in what we'll talk about today. So last week, Brett spoke, and I think I have it here. Yeah, he spoke about uh, God loves every tribe and every tongue, so should I. And, and he walked through verses throughout the whole, uh, the beginning <laughs> the gospel, the, the time of Jesus, and the very end, the, the, in Revelation. And we saw clearly in Scripture that God loves all tribes, all tongues, all nations. Even from Genesis, when he had a chosen people he was using to display his relationship and his character uh, through that relationship, I mean, all the way to when we are in eternity with him, there will be people from every tribe and every tongue and every language that will be a part of that eternity with, with Christ. And, and he challenged us uh, really just to internalize. The one that stuck out to me the most was he made the comment about uh, the terrorist, right? Almost it seems like, oh, if you're American, then you can, everybody could rally around, well, that's an evil person. And when he said, God loves that terrorist more than we love our children, I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me. I was listening to the podcast and I was like, wow, right? That's the kind of heart, that's, if we want to follow after Christ and have the kind of love that he had and walk in his footsteps, we recognize that God loves that terrorist more than we are capable of loving our, our kids because his love is perfect and he's loved them while they are his enemy, just like he loved us while we were still enemies and then came and sent his son so that we could be reconciled with him. And so that was really, for me, the takeaway, and maybe you had some others or maybe that's a refresher, just kind of, okay, you know, challenge the way I, my perspective there on things with a truly uh, supernatural love. So then this week, we're going to dive into um, taking a step further now, more putting into action as opposed to posture, is 
God's call to the nations or the call to missions is personal. And um, I'll do a little uh, confession. I've had the privilege of, of speaking at a youth event over the, over the last five years, maybe a dozen times. Uh, always a privilege because God always, he, he kind of, you know when you have something you got to do, it's like, like this week it'll be a challenge because I'm not speaking. And so when I wake up a little bit tired, I'm not going to be quite as like, oh, I better get in the Bible because you're, you're going to be speaking on Sunday. But whenever this comes up, it does give me that extra oomph that's, it's a blessing because you really just, for me, I dive deeper than I ordinarily do because of the uh, appointment that I have in the future. And so this time was especially challenging because a lot of times when that's happened, it's been like, oh, yes, I'm, oh, this is awesome. Great promise, Lord, or, or this is good. But this time I'm just very challenged, very humbled. So, so as I'm speaking here, hear it from a person that's going to be, that I'm like three days, four days into God awakening me to a bit of a blind spot and humbling me. And I, and I hope that he's planning to use that with some, with some of you as well as we look, what does it mean for this call to the nations to be personal? Um, so now I know there are people here that are actually have been missionaries. I know there's folks here that are still very active. They go on the youth mission trips or they do their own mission trips. I fall into the other category. Uh, I've actually never been on a foreign mission trip. I've been out of the country uh, many times with my job, my previous job, uh, but I've never been on a foreign mission trip. And I, now I've done mission trips. Uh, I've done uh, mission events. Uh, I'll be doing Sunday serve day today. I, I got all these things in my head where I'm checking boxes like, no, nah, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing missions. But, but I've never gone and said, hey, I'm going to go and be on mission, go to the nations. Um, and when Brett said last week, well, some of you, you may have a full-time job and you have two weeks vacation and, and you use one week to be with your family and you do another week to go see your extended family and that's good. That's what we would have you do, right? And, Brett, and when he said that, I very quickly was like, that's me, check, all right, I'm still good. But then as I was praying and, and preparing for today, God wouldn't give me a piece to just check that box and say, yep, that's it, that's right. I, I work full-time and the time I do have away, I'm gonna spend it. Uh, with my kids, my family, and so, you know, check, done with this topic. Uh, and so he, pre he pressed on me, and I was, I was thinking it through, and a couple things just hit my head. Maybe you can identify with some of these. Um, the first one was, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I mean, I'm not a diehard fan. I haven't been to a Cowboys stadium, uh, or I haven't been to a Cowboys game. I've been to the stadium, but I haven't been to the Cowboys game since I was a kid. Yet I was very aware when Romo kept getting hurt, when Zeke was suspended for those games last season. I'm still not sure what to think about this season. I follow them. I know what's going on. I know what matters to them. Uh, I know what's in their future. I know what they need to do to succeed. And I'm just a marginal follower. I'm more of a college football guy. And so I kind of follow the Cowboys. Uh, they're my team, right? And so I'm like, wow. Uh, so about the Cowboys, you know, I, I don't ever go. I'm never really present in that that world, but yet I do still know what to hope for, for them. I do still know, I mean, I hope that, you know, this happens this week or they get this person. And when it came, and so it convicted me when it comes to missions, I really couldn't pinpoint a people group or even, I, I've got friends uh, that I know that are full-time missionaries. I have a, a gentleman who was a associate youth when I was a youth in this church many years ago, and he's in Taiwan with his three kids and his wife. And I get these emails from him, and he's given it, Todd Blackhurst, if anybody ever, ever knew him. But uh, I get these emails from him, and I, for a while I'd, I'd follow him, and then 
now the emails come through and archive, archive. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't even have time to read about what's going on in your life and pray for much less. You know, he's coming through uh, and he gave his schedule. He's like, here's where my stops are. And I, and I, was, I just kind of dismissed. Uh, and, and so it kind of brought, the Lord put right in front of me that, yeah, you may um, not at this time, and I'll say may, I'll come to that later. You may not at this time have the a capacity or the ability to go to the nations, but it doesn't mean you're not involved with the missions there. And so I kind of, well, so when I was at this point, the next day I said, well, let's jump into the Bible. And so there were some verses Brad had shared, like, hey, here's where I would start. If you guys, you don't, I've got it on the screen. Uh, you can turn there if you want. But went to the verse many of you may have read. Uh, you've known it for a long time. It's the Great Commission, right? And uh, this is Jesus after he's died and been risen from the dead and he's appeared to the disciples and he's been speaking to them. And as he's getting ready to ascend, go back, to the father, he leaves them this final command. He says, uh, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So as I was thinking through this, this is the last thing Jesus says to his followers before he leaves, right? This is the great, the last command. And what I had recognized uh, had happened in my heart, and maybe some of you, is I, um, coming back to point two that we talked about with our seniors, we're trying to give them these tools that they can use to grow their walk. I did not have missions in this group. So I had, let's read Bible, let's memorize scripture, let's have someone that I'm mentoring, someone that's mentoring me, someone that I'm walking through with that I'm accountable to, let, you know, all of say, let's spend time worshiping the Lord, serving. But that last one, I really had to add, it's last on the list because what I had done in my mind, as I said, missions. Missions, that's kind of, some people are called to that, some people are not, right? Some people are called to the music ministry. They can sing, they can play an instrument, and they serve that way. Others are not, and they don't serve that way, but they're called to children's ministry, all right? And some people are not called to children's ministry, right? They don't have the patience or whatever, but others are, and they can, they can sit in there. Some people are called to just ministry of service. They just like to be behind the scenes, some are, right? And so you can, I had put missions in my mind as, well, that's just not something I do, right? I mean, I do a lot of other things, and missions, that's just for somebody else. But the Lord really convicted me, and I think well, in this series, uh, one of the, it's a personal call to everyone. It's not a, it's not a, oh, I do that ministry. It's a, it's one of those things that we are expected as we grow and, and mature to do, right? To, to, to participate in, in one capacity or another. And so I paused there. I was like, okay, this was this week. And I was like, all right, Lord, <laughs> I hear you. I got to figure out what am I going to do about that? Because as I was reflecting, I was looking at my heart and I was like, well, it wasn't like negative. I wasn't like, oh, missions, whatever. That's so silly. I was all for missions, uh, but it just was not, has not been on my radar uh, and the question came into my mind, what if I had two months vacation? How would I be different if I had two months vacation? Right, really just to take away this little two-week, oh yeah, I don't have the time. I'll do it. And, and what I found when I was reflecting is I'm not sure two months vacation would have changed my heart towards missions. I just, again, not in an evil, not in a, a I guess you call it broken, but not, it, it was, it's more in just a subtle way. I just compartmentalize it off. Maybe like many of you say, I'm never going to, if Kurt asked me to go lead worship, never going to do that, right? So I just, just dealt with it that way. And, uh, 
And so praying through that, there was three deceptions in my heart that I found were, had really led me to kind of benignly just, oh yeah, and, and land in this state to where missions was not something I was feeling a personal call. But I was like, the, the church does missions and I'm part of the church and that's, that's how I'm connected. So I wanted to share those with you uh, because maybe, uh, maybe it's something that the enemy's trying to pull over your eyes as well. Uh, or maybe not, and maybe it's just equipping you because, man, you're already plugged in. You don't have this deception that, that I've struggled with of, of dismissing missions. It's not something that's personal to me, uh, but it could be something to help you as you uh, disciple your, your youth, right, or, or other accountability partners or other folks that you're working with. So the first one, see if I have it up there. The first one was really uh, the one I've kind of spoken to already, that it's someone else's position, Right, so I mentioned for me, it's like, all right, I, I do these things in the church. I teach in a life group, and Brett asks a couple times a year, I'll do this. So I'm serving, they're box checked, uh, and, and, and there's other people. Chad Warren and his team, they, they do the missions. Shanna Downs and her team, they take the, the students on missions. And, you know, I get my kid there, I support the fundraiser, but I just kind of dismissed it as that's, uh, that's it for our youth. It probably looks more like, hey, you know, I, I come to Clyde, I'm on leadership track, or I'm doing mentorship track. Uh, I've led the opening activity and life group. Uh, I pray with my friends, right? The enemy would get us all to rationalize the, all the good things we do to say, all right, I'm good. I've checked enough boxes of walking the spiritual life and, and allow this, 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 call, this personal call to missions to go as just kind of, all right, well, that, that's somebody else's, someone else's area. Uh, this one is one when I was reflecting um, is one that, uh, I shouldn't speak for Amy, but, uh, but I know as we were talking, I definitely said some of these things. said, you know, in this season of life, missions just, it doesn't fit. I remember when we first got married and we moved to Michigan, we're up there, we got like a, what was he, four-month-old Colton, and we're up in, in Michigan and like, what is going on? Yeah, I'm sizing him. Like, yeah, four-month-old, that's how big they are, right? Uh, so I got, and later we got a one-month-old, right? And so I've got this, uh, We've got these kids, and we're like, you know, missions, that church we were with up there is very, uh, was a very missional, great church, great part of our testimony, but we were like, yeah, that's, that's not for us, because the kids are young, and, and we're like, yeah, the kids are young, we're not going to go to wherever, and when we got a newborn, right, that's what we said, and so then we said, but we'll get there later when they're older, well, then we move back to Texas, they get a little older, uh, now it's Saturdays are packed, many of you may still be in that mode, where it's like, all right, we got flag football or basketball or later Pop Warner. That takes all your time. <laughs> it's like, you know, so it, it, we, we said, okay, well, not right now, right? That time will come when they're done with the, the sports time. I said, okay, uh, well, now we're in the mode of junior and an eighth grader. And so now the excuse that's in my heart is, well, they're going to be out of the house in a few years. I got to make the most of these years to finish well, right? So I don't, it doesn't fit. But when they're in college, Amy and I are going to be all over the world, missionaries, getting after it, right? And then, you know what's going to happen, I can already see it, is then we're going to be like, well, there it's college, hopefully at A&M. And so we're like, we got to go back and, and see them in College Station. And uh, if not, it'll be easier to do missions. But if they are, we'll go and see them, and, and it'll keep going all the way to where we're like, well, when we're retired. When we're retired, we will have time to go and get involved in missions. And unfortunately, I mean, our, our students struggle with the same thing. I'll, I'll talk Wednesday with them, but it's like, okay, I'm in the middle of football season, and I got no time. It's 12 hours a day, plus I'm going to Clyde on Wednesdays. This is my, would be my son's. I don't know if he feels this way. He goes on mission trips, but I could easily see him 
going down that path. I could see myself doing that if I was in his shoes. Uh, I've got a play. I know a lot of our students are very excited at their schools about their end-of-semester plays, right? And it's a lot of practice. A lot of the, the kids that sing on the uh, worship team on Wednesday are balancing between, I want to go do this, but I've got this, this play, and we do all these practices, and I'm busy. And then there's classes, right? There's some difficult classes, whether you're in middle school and waking up out of the elementary school days, or if you're in high school, right, and, and you're going on one of those tracks, I got to get my grades up, my SAT. We all know those pressures. So our kids have the same thing. The enemy will attack them with the same deceptions of, and it's one of the greatest tricks of, I can't do that now, but I will definitely do it when, right? That's what I, I've boiled it down to. I mean, and it's not just, it's, it's an old trick. It's not, just, uh, it's not just with spiritual things. I mean, I can't go to the gym right now, right? I can't even get off. I, eventually, I will one day get back in the gym, but right now it works real busy, right? I, you fall, and the reality is I can and I need to. But, right, so that, that's one thing, but in the spiritual realm, the same trick. I can't be involved in missions right now because of XYZ, very valid, good things, but I will when something happens. And typically that's not too specific or it's when you get there, the enemy's ready with another distraction, another reason uh, why we can't do that. So the first one was, hey, that's someone else's. You know, I'm just not called to serve in that way. And we talked about, no, we're all called personally to be engaged with missions. Again, we'll talk about the ways we do that at the, at the end. But the second one is, yeah, I can't do it now, but I'll do it when. And then the third one, this one's sharper. Uh, and again, I'm talking about myself. I'm not projecting this on, on anybody. But um, if, I, if I'm being honest, the, the way I originally wrote it was, I like the things of this world too much to go do this. But then I was like, well, you know, that's a little harsh. I don't actually say that to myself. And I don't think that's the way. But, you know, you could boil it down to that. But in reality, what it looks like a little more sugarcoated is, man, if I do this mission, if I, if I do this, I would miss out on what, you, you name it, right? I, I can't do this because I might, and when he boiled it down to, and, and I know at least personally for me, there are just things I can remember. I wasn't going to say this, but I'll throw it out there. I can remember being a youth, and this was just this week. It's kind of one of those bad reflections. I can remember being a youth, going to youth camp at like New Mexico or, where did, is Scott in here yet? He would know. He was there. Oh, uh, Glorietta? Yes. Do y'all remember going to Super Summer or whatever? Yes. I remember going to Super Summer, you know, and it's awesome. And, and then they're like, if you, if you feel, they get to that point, they say, if you feel called to missions or called to ministry, if you feel that tug on your heart, would you please <clears throat> come down the aisle? And I'm pretty sure, now I'm not, I have a crazy memory and I'm going back and I'm pretty sure I probably quickly like reflex said a prayer like, please not me, please not me. Like I really think I probably did uh, because my posture, especially back then was, man, I want to have an awesome career, a cool truck. I want to uh, like, and I, I said, I can't do any of that and be involved in this stuff. I, I just know that about myself that at that time that I had that. And so it was this deception of you'll be happier if you're not going on missions. Sure, it's a sacrifice. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but it doesn't mean you're going to be happier else, right? We'll get to it. So that was just the third one that I just, and, and the reason I share these is because I mentioned I'm just three days, three, four days into this kind of awakening to a blind spot in my own kind of walk with Christ. I'm going to have to hang on to these three things until I get them out of my system because they're going to keep coming back whenever uh, God starts to move me towards, hey, here's how I want you to get more involved with missions in this way. 
And all three of these, so I just wrote them down. I'm explaining them here because saying it helps just. And and so hopefully maybe for some of you, this also can be a tool, a defense, if you will, that you can use the next time then the Lord might be moving you towards missions and the enemy would want to move against that and stop you. And he doesn't stop you in the most overt way. For me, and I think for a lot of us, it's a lot of this subtle good things, right? Like, no, I'm not going to leave my newborn at home and go on a mission, right? And, and, he, and he gets uh, get to, gets to us with that. Now, the, the thing, though, that I wanted to turn this, and this is really, if you hear one thing, please hang on to this. Um, God's call to mission is personal, but it's a personal invitation to joy. So as I was working through kind of uh, reflecting on my own uh, posture, my own situation at this time, it hit me uh, as I was going through all those things, it, I was falling into the, you got to do it. You, you should do it. Uh, and it was kind of funny. Friday, I got my illustration in my head. So I'm working from home Friday, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I can see my front yard. It's where our septic field drains, and with all this rain, and I mean, the grass is like up to here last, last weekend, and we mowed it down, but it was all clumped. And Colton's my son. He's off school uh, Friday. And I'm staring at all that grass that's sitting there, and I know rain's coming. And so I text Colton, and I'm like, even though he's in the house, but I text him. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want, I didn't want, I was like, I'm just going to, it's a statement. So I just said, hey, <laughs> I said, um, I need you to mow the lawn. Rain's coming at two. Need you to start before noon. So like, let me just spell it out. Now, Colton didn't disagree with me that the lawn needed to be mowed. Right, he didn't, and eventually he did it, and he did a great job, actually. Uh, really good, because he raked the grass, bagged it, and all of that. So he did a good job. But when he came in, he wasn't like, Dad, I know at first I wasn't really interested in mowing the lawn, but you know, that was the best experience. Thank you so much for pushing me to mow the lawn. It's like these ant bites I got, you know, that you didn't tell me about, that we had those ants. It just reminded me of God's creation and this bull nettle. Man, it told me, man, I need to just burn, burn for the Lord, right? <laughs> he didn't come in saying that stuff, right? <laughs> he didn't at all. Uh, but I, he did say stuff like that when he came back from England, from UK, right? He did come back and say, man, this was so awesome. And so the, the big point that more than all the deceptions we need to, to guard against, would love for you to hang on to God's call to missions to the nations. It's a personal call. But it's a personal call that's not about, I need you, Uncle Sam. Join us. We, we, can't, we can't win without you. Come save the trees. No, God's will will be done. Right? God's for the world is going to be done. What he's doing is giving us an opportunity to join him on his story for our own joy. Right? And, and it's a joy, much like I, well, I didn't go into it much, but it's a, a joy of seeing God transform lives. Right? And then be reminded of, man, look, what has he done in my life? And oh, Lord, thanks for letting me be a part of this. A, a joy of seeing the Lord while we're on missions deliver. Right? And say, man, we didn't know how this was going to work out, but then pff, we saw that nut, that couldn't have been anything but the Lord. Right? The joy of just seeing the Lord move more, more tangibly. People will say, I will say, man, you know, I wish I... <laughs> not feeling the Lord's presence in my life as much right now. I feel, you know, I want to hear from the Lord. And as I'm reflecting on all the mission trips and, and activities that I, my kids and the students that we've taught, every one of them comes back on this spiritual high, right? Even if it was tough. I, there was one, was it Poland three years ago? 
uh, Avery Vickers, I remember telling the story that, man, she was just throwing up, had to stay home in, in, a, in a foreign country in Poland because she got a stomach bug. I think several people did. But they were like, but it was the best trip ever. We loved it, even though two days we were green. I think I remember Micah Downs, a similar thing two years earlier when they went to Poland. It was like, oh, it was hard, but I loved it. And, and they talk about, here's what we saw happen. And here's what, here was where we saw God moved. And God has just become intangible in their lives. And I, I was reflecting, I can't think of any sad missionary, whether it be career or short term, uh, right? And I, then I think of my own experiences. There's been times when I've been very confident that I'm exactly where the Lord is and, where he, and doing what he wants me to do. Unfortunately, that's not the norm, but I can think of those, those peaks, right? I think of it kind of like getting in the current, right? The, if, like if anybody's been down to San Gabriel, you'll see there's like a giant spread of water over the whole park. But then where the river is, there's a strong current still flowing there. And it's kind of like, once you get in that current, you just feel like I'm where the Lord is. I, I, I spoke uh, maybe almost a year ago about where I had the opportunity to be a part of leading a person to Christ in New York City with a coworker. And it was really more the coworker than me. And I, I then later was participating. And I remember coming back from that, just being like beaming, like, wow, I saw the Lord transform. I saw his life transform literally right there on Times Square. It was the craziest, I'll tell that story another time. But it was, and, and it was that, that's missions. That when, when you're on mission with the Lord, it's, a, it's joy. It may be sacrifice, it may be hard, but in the end, my experience has been, everybody leaves, man, uh, Kathleen, I'll just give one more, uh, Kathleen Sheffield, she went on the world race, I think it was 11 months or something, and there was, she was telling her stories when she came back, it was tough. There were some hard things, but she had a, a great life-changing experience. Um, could go on and on. So I'm using this part really as I'm continuing to try and ask the Lord to change my own heart, my own posture towards missions to remember, <laughs> get away from the, the you, Chris as a 12-year-old uh, misconception of what it meant to dive in in missions and really accept that God is inviting me for my own joy and for, uh, and for my for for my own good, and, uh, and ultimately for his glory, but in that, uh, for his own good. So I, I, there was one story that I wanted to close with here, and then we'll, we'll talk about how he put this into action. Last series, Brett talked about, uh, or he gave an illustration of the rope. You guys remember that one with the red tape on it? Did he do that in here? I know he did on Wednesday. And he's like, the rope represents, all right, you've got all your life, and this little part here, it, it doesn't matter. It, I, I, I don't know why I'm going down that path. Sorry, guys. The same pastor who made this illustration has a story that I want to share with you today. Uh, so Francis Chan, uh, he was talking with some missionaries from Korea. So Korean missionaries, they had been captured by the Taliban. There's 23 of them. If anybody's read uh, The Forgotten God, he talks about this in, the, in his book there as well. These 23 missionaries, uh, they were captured by the Taliban. And then uh, over the time of their... in, in uh, capturedness, they were, they were split up into groups of two and three. Sorry, I didn't have the word. They were split up into groups of two and three. And before they were separated, they, one missionary had a Bible, right? And this one missionary, they say the way, the way the story is told is uh, they were there and they tore it into pieces. And as they were split up into groups of two and three, they each had just a piece of this one Bible to keep with them, right? And so then he's talking to this one pastor as a group of three of them, uh, and they ended up being um, together, and one of them survived, or one of them died, two of them survived. And he said, uh, they were 
they were literally lining us up saying, if this doesn't happen, we're going to start killing you off. And they did. And when they weren't, they were in pits or whatever. You could just imagine the, the experience of being a missionary held hostage by the Taliban. Well, it doesn't go into how, but they are rescued and they come back. And what this missionary said, uh, and with tears in his eyes, as, as Francis tells it, is, is he says, as I've met up with the missionaries who survived, many of them did. When we get back together, we say, we said to each other, don't you wish we could go back? And, and, and the missionary, he said, he's saying, I've tried fasting. I've prayed for hours. I've been in my Bible. I've done everything I can, but I cannot get back to the place where we were when we were captured by the Taliban. God's presence was so physically just apparent. And it's like, I, and, and, and you can see, I mean, even Francis is starting to tear up. He's saying, he's like, man, you know, these people, we can imagine what that experience was like. And then we're probably selling it short. It's probably much worse as far as the Taliban treatment of missionaries. Yet these people, while in those conditions, the Lord's presence was so strong that they said, no, I want to walk right back into that to have that closeness with the Lord that just don't have back in the world, in, in their case, Korea, where I grew up and with all the things going. And it, that just hit me. I hadn't read or thought about that story in years, but as God was working on my heart about missions and this, trying to internalize this concept of God's call to the nation is a personal call, but it's a personal call to joy. It's, 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 it's out there for us. And I'm, I'm trying to hang on to, man, I, I would love uh, the Lord to put me in a situation where I, it's, I would endure anything to experience that presence. And, and I don't know, maybe some of you have experienced that. I know the little taste of it I've gotten has been awesome. And yet, for whatever reason, just sinful self, I'm like, I want to get back there. And then life gets busy. Those different things happen. And so maybe the last thing to leave you with, and we'll talk about how we can apply this, but is, is, is a challenge to remember that God is calling us to these missions uh, for our joy, right? Because of what he wants to do in our life as we join him on what he's doing in the world to reach others with the gospel. So then, so then how do we apply that? How could we leave today and be different? Uh, and you may have uh, heard this. Uh, I'm going to just go and put them all out here. But go, give, or adopt. So you, there's a lot of ways people, in any sermon or talk on missions boils down to this. But I don't want to just sell it short and be like, well, we know you either go, you give money, or you pray for them. Um, if you fall into that two-week category, like I do, right, which I have more than two weeks, but, you know, you fall into that category, I challenge you, like I challenge myself, don't check out and be like, all right, I can't go. But it may be a reality for many of us here that going for a week, a month, whatever, to another country to do missions is just not going to happen in the next, this semester. Let's just think about this semester. All right, so, so if it is possible, well, there, there is a, a high school and junior high mission trip. If you want to join the youth ministry in that, it, there is, well, there'll be a meeting next Sunday to determine what we're doing over spring break. Uh, but likely, hopefully, there will be a, a mission trip that will go out to California. Or next year, if you want to plan ahead, they'll be going back overseas somewhere next spring break. Uh, so, so you could be looking at those opportunities in our church. You can get with Chad Warren, um, who leads a lot of that. There's opportunities through our church. In fact, um, this morning in the 9-30-11 service, they're commissioning a, a, mission, a team of missionaries going from our church for a short-term mission trip. So there are opportunities to go 
And for some of you, uh, it may just be like, well, yeah, why don't I just go? I could do a week and it's just not been on my radar like, like it wasn't for me. But for others, it, it may not have been on your, on your radar, but you're like, but I can't. I, I, my vacation is booked or, you know, legitimate stuff. Well, we can still uh, really engage in these other two. And what I found I'd done in these other two uh, that I want to stop doing is the give. Okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, done. Uh, for example, this is one I, I'm planning to put into practice. You guys can hold me accountable. So Todd Blackhurst, he's in Taiwan uh, with his family, uh, doing great things there. I'm going to start actually reading his emails again. I'm going to start corresponding back with him because he knows me from back when I was praying not to be a missionary. That's, I mean, that, he was my uh, person. And so, I'm, you know, I'm going to share with him. Uh, and then, you know, I'm sitting there, I was thinking, well, when it comes to giving, what about, you know, I could write him a, let's just call it for easy numbers, I could write him a $120 check. Say, here you go, Todd, and then, poof, and then maybe in three months, things cool off or whatever. And that's like, no, you know, maybe what I want to do is commit to give to him monthly. So maybe it's $10 a month. I don't know. I need to talk to Amy, you know, <laughs> before we start doing this. I want to walk together through this spiritually. But, I, you know, I'm going to do it monthly. I'm going to do it monthly, and I'm not going to just do a direct deposit into his account. I'm going to go monthly to his website and give that money. And the reason is because I'm giving that money. God is going to take care of Todd Blackhurst and his family and the lost people in Taiwan that he is planning to reach with Todd. That's going to happen. But when I, every week, every month, am remembering, let me go. Let me go do this. It's an act of worship. It's an act of obedience to be involved in missions. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to cop out and say, oh, that's all. I'll never go but I'm always going to do this. But, but this is a step that I can take right now is to say, all right, I'm going to do that. and I'm going to be more involved. And so, so giving is one. There's also the general giving. There's the Lottie Moon. And I think there's some others that our, that our church is involved with. And those, as a kid, I didn't really know what those were. I just knew every Christmas Lottie Moon came up and some different things. And since then, I've learned, and I won't go into it here, but they are organizations that seek to do more by the corporate good. Like if every church puts in a thousand, all of a sudden now we can really go and, and attack the world, uh, you know, to reach the nations. So, uh, so there's also those as well. But for me personally, it kind of gets to this last one of adopt. I had the, the story earlier about the Cowboys, and I kind of follow them, and I've got a, a pop-up on ESPN to find out who's suspended this week and who's whatever, and I get all that stuff, right? Well, I, I'm going to be looking for ways that I can do the same to be engaged in, in, with missionaries, right? And, and so I want to not just give to them, and I may not be able to give to all of them, but I'd like to at least have some of my day, some of my thoughts, and some of my prayers be very specific for missionaries. Uh, and in some cases, right, it's our students. So that'd be the last thing from this adopt at call to action or opportunity for us. Uh, when Colton went to the UK, and, and he, we were fairly involved for being totally honest, we're fairly involved in helping him with fundraising because we wanted to, him to fundraise. Uh, and we were prayerful for him, absolutely. So I'm not trying to talk derogatory, but I'm just, I'm seeing there's more, I, I want to be more intentional, I guess is what I'm trying to say, about when my kids are engaging in missions, whether Chad will talk next week about missions where you're at, local, right? So whether it's local or whether they're going, I just, I know, I don't, I don't have it quite there yet, but I know that God is, it's got ways I can be more intentional, and, and, and it really just comes down to I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, stop. All right, your, your kids are going to do this, and I want to, to have a dialogue about that. Let's talk about it, let's pray about it. And maybe that starts with these missionaries we adopt, including my kids, and hey, this is 
Todd Blackhurst, he was the associate youth minister when I was your age and younger, and we're going to get his kids around your age, and we're going to get plugged in to understand what he's doing, and, and really, then it can become contagious, like that story that Brett told at the close last week of the student who went around the world, ended up getting spinal meningitis while on missionaries, but then God used that to draw countless numbers of college students to the mission field, right? That was a life well spent. And I guarantee you that student is not in glory saying, oh man, I knew I should.